China's economy is slowing down. Let's have a look. Hello everyone, Florian Heiser here and welcome to another episode of Heiser Says. I've got my Stein of coffee, I'm enjoying my Saturday, and I thought we'd have a look at this article from News.com by economist Jason Murphy about the economic Armageddon that's facing China. So it's not just John Adams who's talking about Armageddon with regards to an economy. They're all catching on. Maybe he needs to trademark the name. <laughs> I think the Bible beat him to it. So, why Australia should be worried? Well, I can answer that question right now for the viewers. And we will just jump to one of my favorite websites. And let me just bring it over here. This is the Observatory of Economic Complexity. Now it has every economy in the world. It just shows you the complexity of it. Um, you know, what's being exported, what's being imported. But if we scroll down here, you can see Australia's major destination for our exports, number one, is China. So I know our treasurer is hoping that internal domestic growth in China will drive demand for our products. If we look back at the GFC, I think in many ways, Australia was in a lot of luck because of China's just demand for our products, you know, iron ore. The reason that our budget is in surplus, the federal budget is in surplus now, is because the price of iron ore is so much higher than $50 a ton. That's why. Guys, that's why. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? So, China's economy is suffering and slowing to a worrying rate. We might be fine now, but there's a reason why it should send a chilling thought. A chill? A chill through all Australians. Does it send a chill through you guys? Does it? Are you worried? Are you worried? So here we go. Everyone knows Australia is dependent on China's economy, and everyone knows China is under siege right now. The burning question is just how bad have things become? New data out of China, and I mean, it's all made up numbers, so can we trust any of it, has given us a startling glimpse of how much its economy is suffering. Growth in industrial production fell to its lowest in 17 years in August still growing at 4.4%, but much more slower than the pace China has become accustomed to. And I would say Australia has also become accustomed to. So China's economy is extremely dependent on factories. So when industrial production growth falls, that matters a lot. You can already see the impact on Chinese households. Growth in retail sales fell too, down 7.5% in August. That number might not sound high to Australian ears, but in a country that depends on persistent high economic growth for stability and is used to retail sales growth over 10%, it represents a veritable slump. Well, he's right on the money there. That is insane. The Trump factor. Here we go. It's all Trump's fault. As Donald Trump's trade war rolls on endlessly, China's China is beginning to admit its traditional high rates of growth are in peril. Just build some more uh, ghost cities. We'll be fine, you know. Build some more ghost cities. President Li Qing, the country's second highest ranking politician, has said it will be very difficult for China to grow at 6% this year. Australia has long been used to Chinese growth much higher than that. Well, yes, our economy is pretty much set up to be a farm and quarry for China now. And a holiday destination an education destination what's going to happen if that all changes i think we might have a recession i don't know i'm just just speculating here what do you reckon guys the world bank 
has dryly observed that the growth in East Asia this year is expected to drop to its lowest level since the GFC. China, however, is not sitting by and letting events overtake it. Much like Australia, it's tweaking monetary policy, and unlike Australia, it is also boosting lending to private companies. The question is whether it can do enough, and whether doing enough will introduce its own set of risks. Chinese debt is very high, and one of the great innovations in that country in recent time was an attempt to reduce debt levels and remove risk from the economy. The IMF is concerned about the growth of debt in China. Household debt is much higher than in countries at a similar level of development as the next graph shows. So you can see here, Chinese household debt to GDP ratio saw a marked increase in recent years and now exceeds the average for emerging markets. Well, it's at the level of Japan, isn't it? Above the G20 or just below. A debt-fueled frenzy of spending could carry China through the trade war and up to the presumed relief to the presumed relief of the 2020 US presidential election, but it could bring great risk thereafter. So it's slowing, not shrinking. Now China's growth is expected to slide downward over time. It makes sense. A poor country can grow very, very fast, while a richer crunchy country must grow more slowly. And China's growth has made it much richer. You can see the resultant slowdown in the next charts. So here's manufacturing, PMI, industrial production. Oh, there you go. Fixed asset investment retail sales. Wow, look at that. Those, those that number's there. That's insane. So a gentle slide in growth rates is to be expected. And that's what we've seen. Until recently, we've just begun to look less gentle. The paradox is that when the country is rich, the more a sharp fall in economic activity res resonates through the rest of the global economy, which is where Australia's risk lies. We are deeply involved with the health of the Chinese economy. Our resource exports, tourism and education exports all depend on China. Yep. Yes, it all does. Is that concerning? It's like, it's just like being in small business and when you're too dependent on one big company, one big company. That, and there's the problem. If you're an architect under design and construct, too dependent on one big company, and tell them, no, sorry, you don't like that detail, and you lose that work. There you go. There's the, there's the challenge. There's the challenge. If China's growth falters sharply, we can expect that to show up in our own matrix. And they're already looking vulnerable, with unemployment rising to 5.3%. I prefer Roy Morgan's take. In the latest data, despite the best efforts of the RBA to send it in the other direction. I mean, I'm just so cynical of, of modern monetary policy and this whole Keynesian approach to it now. I think they're just delaying the inevitable. A Chinese crash would hurt our exports, our stock market, and ultimately flow through to unemployment rate, putting Australians out of work and causing all the suffering that is inherent in that. Like leaving kids growing up in households where no adult has a job. That's why it is so worrying to hear the US threatening to take its China dispute to the next level. America has placed taxes on Chinese imports, known as tariffs, at 25%, but according to an expert beloved by Donald Trump, they could rise further. These are low-level tariffs that could go to 50% or 100%, said Mr. Pillsbury. Oh, sorry, Michael Pillsbury, who has been described by Donald Trump as the leading authority in China. Mr. Trump has been boasting about China's economic slowdown on Twitter, calling it their worst in 27 years. Well, he's caught working to his audience. The worst year in 27 has also been with an ordinary year for Australia economically. Our string 
string of years without a recession is, you would recall, 20, 28 years. It's no coincidence that our unbroken string of economic growth coincides with China's long surge from poverty to strength. Yes. So what government in Australia can claim to have any actual impact on that? Can they? Don't think so. Trump's enthusiasm for China's economic malaise might be fuel to the fire for his fans, but it should send a chilling, a chill through Australians. Don't worry, guys. Here's what'll happen. Brexit will go through one way or another. No deal. Then Australia will make a deal with the empire. You know, Great Britain will rise again. We'll just export to them. Sure, it'll all be fine. Sure, it'll be fine. Guaranteed. Real estate will keep shooting up. You know, that house you need to get in Sydney now, it's only a million. It'll be two million in two months' time. You better get in. The real estate website taught me. Taught me. Yep. <laughs> I'm being facetious. It's Saturday. So, guys, let me know what you think. I mean, once again, let's jump here. Look, look at how much of our exports are heading to China. Look at what our exports are. Okay. Look at what our exports are. Look at what our imports are. Broadcasting equipment, cars, refined petroleum. So it's all going to have an impact on our cost of living and it's going to flow through to the Australian economy. I think it's something we need to be aware of. I was talking to a gentleman yesterday who was telling me that you know, to drive into Perth. He's never had such a good commute. He's never had such a good commute. And that just shows you where some of the industries are going at the moment. As frankly, I think certain sectors, depending on what sector you're in, you've already been in a sector that's in recession. It's just the whole economy hasn't. And as we've looked at since the GFC, the Australian economy has been depressed. We're about, you know, 10% below where we should be, the size of our economy. We have been growing. Yes, we haven't gone in a recession. We haven't declined, but we haven't been growing as fast as we should have. So we'll see what happens. Guys, let me know what you think. How are you planning and preparing? Like, share, and subscribe, and I will see you all next time. Take care.